It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 12th, 2019. My name is Philip Rosternreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, both the good, the bad, the ugly, the frustrating... And, of course, what happens next. Before we do any of that, though, I do want to remind you all that you should check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here, covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast for every single team in the NBA, covered by a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the Lakers side of things on this game? Check out the great podcast, Locked On Lakers. Want to look ahead to Friday's game against Houston Rockets and see what they have to say about the Rockets and James Harden's 55-point performance against Cleveland Cavaliers? Check out Locked On Rockets. No matter which team you cheer for, which team you hate to cheer for, which team you love to hate, which team is your second favorite team, which team you're just a little curious about, the Locked On Podcast Network has a podcast for you. Plus, we have great national podcasts, including Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast, and Rejecting the Screen too. No matter if it's NBA, NFL, NHL, colleges, or MLB, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Find them wherever you download podcasts today, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. In the middle of the second quarter, the Orlando Magic were at about as low a point as they could be. About... 16 minutes into the game, the Magic had just 18 points. They trailed it home by 24 to the Los Angeles Lakers. Whatever semblance of good defense they had, and it it was a little bit, but not much, was beginning to dissipate, and things could have looked really ugly against the best team from the Western Conference, or the number one team currently in the Western Conference. It could have been really, really, really bad for the Orlando Magic. The kind of performance you just want to forget, flush, and move on. 
At least there's the good news that Nikola Vucevic could be back on Friday as he's continued to ramp up his uh, his his training regimen to come back from the sprained ankle. So like Monday night against the Milwaukee Bucks when the offense struggled so much, when the Magic gave up key offensive rebounds, when the Magic did all the things you cannot do against elite teams like the Bucks and like the Lakers, give the Magic credit for fighting and getting back into the game. Slowly but surely, after trailing by 24, they started to find their footing. They started to play together more. They started to lock down on defense. They kept the, the Lakers off the offensive glass. They gave up seven offensive rebounds in the first quarter, and that's a big reason why they were trailing by so much. And they put a nine-point, yes, a nine-point first quarter behind them. By the beginning part of the fourth quarter, the game was tied. So no matter if the Lakers eased off the throttle or whatever happened, give the Magic credit for not giving up on the game and for fighting and giving themselves a chance because guess what? It was a tie game in the fourth quarter. It was a tie game early in the fourth quarter with plenty of time and plenty of room to get better and win the game. But of course, all those problems in the first quarter never really went away. The Magic did better at covering them up or better at preventing them, but the Lakers still had control of the game. And after the Magic tied it, the Lakers scored, I believe, eight quick points. And Orlando was fighting uphill again. As the Magic made push after push after push to get back into the game and to keep it close, the Lakers made the big plays. LeBron James made the big plays. And Orlando made critical mistakes along the way. Overhelping and doubling Anthony Davis when they didn't need to, leading to a Contavious Caldwell Pope three in the corner. Or hedging and hedging and helping Aaron Gordon in the post on LeBron ja- on Anthony Davis, leaving LeBron James open for his only three-pointer of the game. Sure, the Lakers might have been sloppy. They might have let, let go of the, the wheel a little bit. They might have eased off the throttle, but... The Magic's defense gave the Lakers problems. Magic contested shots well. Lakers missed some threes, sure. But the Magic contested shots well. Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac were largely able to contain Anthony Davis and LeBron James individually. And really, it still came down to the Magic's inability to score consistently and inability to create good shots consistently. That cost them the game. Again, that was really the big issue in the first quarter. Orlando just could not operate offensively against a high-pressure Lakers defense that you know really clogged driving lanes, trapped off of pick-and-rolls, and was frankly just not an offense that this Magic team is designed, or defense that that's, this Magic offense is designed to break down. Not with their current group, and with especially with Markel Fultz out of the game with a, with a stomach illness, the stomach virus. The Magic just didn't have all their tools available to them. and It was still a game that they could have won. They would have hit that big shot here if they would have made the right defensive rotation there. Frankly, they didn't no-show the first quarter. And that was really the big message from Steve Clifford after the game. That the Magic just didn't pay attention to detail. I know that was something that I spoke about after Monday's game. That attention to detail is everything being in the right spot, being sharp, 
against these elite teams, it is everything. And, you know, in the playoffs, it will certainly be everything. This Magic team just wasn't ready to play from the very beginning, or they got flustered too easily. They found themselves. They steadied the ship. They played fantastic defense. This is one of the best offenses in the league from the Lakers. One of the best teams at getting out in transition. Orlando held them out, out of transition. The Magic held them under 100. The Magic had forced Anthony Davis's worst shooting game of his season a game after he scored 50. And yes, LeBron James had a triple-double, but he also had six turnovers. And Aaron Gordon did about as good a job as you could do containing him on, on the perimeter. It's the Magic's overhelping, perhaps, that, that doomed them. And, you know, again, their poor rebounding early on that dug them that hole. The Magic showed themselves capable, but still not able to get over that hump. The Lakers won 96 to 87. Orlando is still searching for that win over a quality team. They've got just one on the year. Uh, they've got one win against a team that's got a record above 500 the Philadelphia 76ers on November 13th. And this team is still searching to find its way consistently against quality defense, against good defenses. It's one thing to beat the Washington Wizards and the Cleveland Cavaliers of the world. And credit to this team for beating those teams consistently. The Magic are 10-3 and against teams with losing records. But they got to find a way to beat quality defense. they got to find a way to play defense at a high level for 48 minutes or otherwise, the whole thing falls apart. Orlando down by 24 could have quit. But they kept fighting in every sense of that word. They kept fighting. They buckled down defensively. They started hitting shots. They just slowly, slowly chipped away at that lead until they were tied and they were in the fight. They didn't let the Lakers push them around. You know, Dwight Howard got into it a little bit with Michael Carter-Williams, and Wessel Wundu was there to defend his teammate. You know, towing that line of going a bit too far. They found the energy that they needed somewhere to get themselves back on track. And yes, you know, regardless of what you think about what the Lakers' approach after that first quarter, after the first quarter and a half, Magic stood toe-to-toe once again, played even once again with one of the best teams in the league for 36 minutes, let's say. For 30 minutes. At one point, that might have been considered a moral victory. That might have been considered a, a quality sign. And, you know, I will say, you know, I, I still believe this team is close. I don't think this team is far off. But it's also not enough. And results are ultimately what matters for this team. And that's the most frustrating part of it all. That this team knows how close it really is to being the team it knows it can be. The Atlanta Magic beat the Los Angeles, or the Atlanta Magic fall to the Los Angeles Lakers 96 to 87. They'll close up this homestand on Friday against the Houston Rockets before they head out west. Uh, for their first big road trip, a four-game road trip out west. We'll, we'll talk more about that coming up here in the next few days.
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But before we do anything else, let's run through the final box score for you. The Orlando Magic shoot 42% for the game, 8 of 26 from beyond the arc, so obviously missing some key three-pointers and missing key shots throughout the game. Terrence Ross actually held without a three-pointer in this game. Uh, shoot 11 for 17 from the foul line, so they didn't get to the foul line a lot either. Again, just a sign of their lack of offensive aggression. Um, I think that Orlando, I think the Lakers do a very good job playing physically. So the Lakers fouled a little bit early on, um, and the Magic were able to get into the bonus fairly quickly in that first quarter and really throughout the game. But the Lakers um, were, were much better about scaling that aggression back, but still maintaining um, good discipline and clogging the lane. It felt like the Lakers kind of, you know, you'll see this a lot in transition where the Lake, where, where teams wall the, the lane in transition to try and prevent, you know, cutters down the lane or drivers through the lane. The Lakers kind of do that in the half court. They'll they'll trap um, pick and rolls, especially with weak ball handlers, which, you know, Magic outside of, you know, even DJ Augustine, you know, being guarded by Danny Green. The Lakers know they have size. They know they have versatility on, on the wings. So they will switch and trap everything. And again, the Magic struggle to break down switching defenses because they don't have, you know, Marco Fultz being the big exception, don't have guys that can really break guys down off the dribble to get their own shot. They don't have the one-on-one guy that can break down, that can break the defense down, get into the paint, and kick back out. So they, they don't make teams pay for that switch for those mismatches. Um, the Lakers do a good job trapping. They do a good job walling off the paint and really closing down those driving lanes. So the Lakers' defense has been very good all year. This is a good defense. It's not a shame that the Magic, I mean, it's a, you know, scoring 87 points isn't good, but obviously, but um, this Lakers' defense is very, very good. They force you to make quick, precise passes because they have such great defenders. Anthony Davis, Absolutely should be on on a consideration for all defensive team and defensive player of the year. LeBron James is a very smart defender. Danny Green is a very good defender. Um, those are three members of the starting line. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is an underrated defender and really always has been. Um, JaVale McGee is obviously a rim protector and good shot blocker. Um, so the Lakers have a lot of guys that can fly around uh, and really switch on to anyone because they, they really don't have positional nomenclature, um, you know, except for maybe McGee as, as the rim protector. Everyone else can really defend any position on the perimeter. So the Lakers do challenge you defensively. They force you to make quick decisions. And the Magic just, you know, early on especially, just made a lot of bad decisions or didn't attack it aggressively. I mean, half the battle of facing a trap is knowing you're going to face pressure and playing through it and really just kind of uh, attacking the pressure itself. I mean, really, you can't, the moment you hesitate against pressure defenses the moment the window closes. And so you saw that a lot throughout this game, where the Magic would, you know, kind of hesitate a little bit, and that allowed the trap to advance and to and to really close down this Magic team. So I thought the Magic struggled a lot with that defensive pressure. Uh, when, the Mag- when the Magic were able to get them into foul trouble and, and attack it a little bit, it caused them to back off, and that's when the Magic offense started to find a little bit of flow, but it took a long time to get there. Evan Fournier scores 18 points, 7 for 17, shooting 3 for 9 from beyond the arc, 5 assists, 3 turnovers. You know, that that kind of explains it right there. Magic put the ball in Fournier's hands. They trusted him to make plays. They've done that, you know, all all these last 10 games with Vucevic out. Uh, and he was able to find moderate success, you know, just little spurts of quality play of the play that we've come to expect from Fournier um, over the last, you know, two weeks. Uh, but 
not consistent enough, obviously. And, and, and so, you know, when he was able to get himself going, you know, he scored the first two field goals. He, he had a good run early on to try and keep the Magic afloat, but just couldn't get that consistent play that the Magic have been getting from Fournier that, that's so vital to this team right now. So, again, a, a difficult game for him. Jonathan Isaac ends up leading the team in scoring with 19 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks, 6 for 14 shooting, 2 for 3 from beyond the arc, 5 for 5 from the foul line. Um, Isaac, when he got going, played well. Um, played, you know, was able to get his shots going in and shooting in rhythm. Um, you know, not enough to my taste. I mean, I know he, he ends up with 14 shots and, you know, was a li- you know, his shot's still a little inconsistent, but they're still not running a lot of plays for him. Um, if anything, it just kind of sets up isos for him, and I'd rather see him, again, like Aaron Gordon, catching the ball on the move and working off the ball. So I think that I think that Isaac is making progress offensively. I think these last 10 games he's been able to experiment and expand his offensive game. He's certainly a lot more confident as a shooter, which is all going to be good for the team in the long run. I, th- I do think, you know, I was talking to some, talking to some other reporters, and, and we all, and we, I think the consensus has been we do think that playing without Vooch these last 10 games, which the Magic have gone 5-5, five and five, you know, very respectable. Playing without Vucevic these last 10 games will ultimately help the team when he does return because, you know, guys will have a little bit more confidence to play on the, uh, uh, you know, on the ball um, and around Vucevic. So Vucevic doesn't have to carry so much of the burden and, and that's going to help the team maybe further on down the road. I do think this team will be significantly better when Nikola Vucevic is on the floor. I do think this team has come together a lot more since Vucevic uh, left the team, or since Vucevic got injured, and so I, th- I think adding him back in is only going to make this team uh, significantly better and, and kind of back to what we expect them expected them to be before the season. So Isaac, you know, had his moments. He had some big moments. Um, you know, defensively, I thought that he played a really good game on Anthony Davis. Davis scores uh, 16 points on six for 20 shooting, 12 rebounds, six assists. Um, I thought Isaac did a good job containing him offensively and with a shot. Um, you know, obviously Davis was still able to move the ball a little bit, um, but. You know, Isaac. I think Isaac. I think has taken a lot more personal responsibility for this team, which I think is a a very good sign. Aaron Gordon with 14 points, five for 11 shooting, one for three from beyond the arc, 14 rebounds, five offensive rebounds, four assists, three turnovers. He really filled the statue here, and it took him a while to get going. Though first quarter, he was dribbling around kind of aimlessly, trying to create things, and that's just not how this is going to work for Aaron Gordon. He's got to keep the ball moving. Uh, if he doesn't attack quickly, if that first move doesn't work, he needs to get that ball moving. And again, it's it's the same thing that Steve Clifford said. Sometimes you just got to move the ball to move the ball, just get the defense to shift a little bit so you can attack a shifting defense rather than a standing still defense. And, and Aaron Gordon is really good on cuts, and so working him off the ball, finding ways to screen and get him to the basket are really, really helpful. What Gordon did especially well in this game offensively, though, was attack the offensive glass. Once... Once the Magic's kind of poor stretch dissipated and the, and they and they finally found their footing, Gordon was able to get to the offensive glass. I believe he had four offensive rebounds, uh, scored off of four of his five offensive rebounds at least. Um, so a lot of his baskets were coming around the rim. He wasn't able to, to shoot particularly well, um, but all in all, his offensive game just wasn't there and it really hasn't been where it's been needed for the Magic this season. But again... I, I think we've all fallen in love with Jonathan Isaac's defense, and his defense is very good. He's an impactful player. I will continue to say Aaron Gordon is the best individual defender on this team right now. He did a, I thought he did a superb job defending LeBron James, keeping him, you know, kind of where the Magic wanted him. Um, you know, LeBron beat him a few times. He's LeBron. Um, getting to the basket. But most of the times, Gordon was forcing him into mid-range jumpers, into fadeaway jumpers, and challenging shots real well. Um, I I really thought Aaron Gordon played a fantastic game on LeBron James. LeBron ends up shooting 
11 for 24, 1 for 6 from beyond the arc, uh, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 6 turnovers. Um, I, I thought Gordon did as good of a job as you can on LeBron James in this one. Um, kind of a casual triple-double for LeBron. Um, you know, I, I think that he had his moments, obviously, and and when and relished any opportunity that he could get. Wessel Lundu or Evan Fournier switched on to him. Um, but overall, I thought Aaron Gordon did, did about as good as you could individually on a player like LeBron James. So uh, I thought a very nice outing for him. Other than that, though, really no other notable scores. Mo Bamba with 13 points off the bench, 5 for 9 shooting, 1 for 4 from beyond the arc. First half especially gave the Magic that energy they needed to kind of get back into this game again. I I really think the bench unit did its job in this game against a really good Lakers bench unit. Lakers bench unit is very, very good. They did their job and and kind of got the Magic back into this game. Um, And so I think a lot of credit should go to that bench unit. Wesley Wundu and Mo Bamba provided a ton of energy to this team. Um, You know, offensively and defensively, but, you know, offensively, the Magic needed that pick-me-up, and, you know, one who was willing to get after it and, and fight, a l- fight a little bit, and that really kind of sparked the rest of the team. I thought Bamba was in the right spots. Um, you know, for, for the most part, defensively, I thought he was in the right spots, too. Um, but offensively, he was rolling to the basket well. He, you know, the Lakers were daring him to shoot. He shot. He shot it com- confidently and made enough of them, made the majority of them uh, in, in most cases. I mean, his three-point shot still got to come around a little bit, but uh, around the basket and in 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 the two point and in two pointers, he he did a really good job. And and I think you know these last ten games, we've seen Mo play his best sustained stretch of basketball. And so I think that's a a really positive sign for the Magic overall for him. Um, added a block too, blocking LeBron James at the rim can't can't hurt the confidence. But overall, you know, there's just so many players who struggle to shoot. Terrence Ross two for eleven, over two from beyond the arc. Um, you know, Ken Birch only having four rebounds, I think, is really really telling. Um, you know, I would argue that the Magic's biggest weakness over the last few games has been their rebounding. Uh, and you look at the numbers, Nikola Vucevic is an elite rebounder. Say what you want about him, he is an elite rebounder. And Ken Birch is decidedly not. And, and I think that's been that's such a huge thing for this team defensively. And they played a good defensive game in this game. You hold that Lakers team to 96 points, you're doing something right. Uh, but Orlando unable to finish possessions. They give up, they give up six offensive rebounds. In the first half, they give up 12 total, or six offensive rebounds, seven, or seven offensive rebounds, excuse me. In the first quarter, they give up 12 total, at least 14 second chance points. So the Magic did a better job as the game went on, and that's the reason why they were able to come back in this game. They were getting blown out because they were giving the Lakers second second chance opportunities, and you cannot do that against elite teams. Again, it's the attention to detail. It's finishing possessions defensively. It's rotating to the right spot. It's running through the offense and not just jacking up the first shot that you can see. It's these details that matter most, and frankly, the Magic didn't have those details down, and that was really the big big message from Steve Clifford, which, again, we'll talk about here in just a moment. The Lakers end up shooting 42.5%, so the Magic do a good job defensively on the Lakers. 38.7% from beyond the arc, 12 for 31, only 10 of 19 from the foul line. Again, LeBron James leads the way with 25 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 6 turnovers. Anthony Davis with 16. Contavious Caldwell-Pope with 15 on 4 for 7 shooting from beyond the arc. Magic lost track of him a few times uh, on threes, including a big one in the fourth quarter when Terrence Ross came all the way from the from the far corner to double Anthony da- to double Anthony Davis, and Davis fed it to Caldwell-Pope in the corner for a three. I believe that made it a seven-point game. Don't quote me on that one. Um, but it extended the lead to where it was going to be a task, to, a real task to come back. The Lakers turn the ball over 13 times. Again, LeBron with six of those 13. Orlando is able to convert those turnovers into points. Um, the Lakers total 14 turnovers for 16 magic points. 
Orlando holds the Lakers to eight fast break points. So despite Orlando having 15 turnovers themselves, didn't give up a lot of second fast break opportunities, which is a big part of staying in the game against the Lakers. But ultimately, the Lakers just too good. They got LeBron James. They got Anthony Davis. They got guys that can make plays, that force the defense to account for them at all times, even with good defenders. And the Magic just ran out of gas, digging themselves too deep a hole. And it's frankly been a theme for this Magic team for far too long. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. Um, and the Magic's defense was pretty good. Uh, the Lakers with a 103.2 offensive rating in this game. It doesn't matter how good your defense is if you don't have all the details down. And frankly, it doesn't matter how good your defense is sometimes if you're not making shots and not kind of being not able to keep pace with your shot making. And the Magic tonight, despite playing this game at the pace they wanted to, you know, say which I, I know there's debates about pace, about pace and possession, but 93 and a half pace according to NBA.com. So, you know, roughly 94 possessions. That is a slow game. That is a game the Magic want to play. I mean, that's that, that's how they're playing. That's that, that seems to be the way they want to play. But Orlando unable to come out on top. The Los Angeles Lakers win 96 to 87. We'll see them again in January in LA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And these last two games, I think I've mentioned that it's the fight is there. That the fight, the effort, the question about the Magic playing right now is not about their willingness to win. Steve Clifford's often said, we have guys who want to win. And for this team right now, it's really about playing the way they need to play to win. And I could get into kind of the, 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 the kind of, you know, cliche things that, that we would say whenever, I would say whenever, whenever I mention that, you know, moving the ball, defending well, rebounding, no turnovers, all, all that jazz. But at this point, we know what that is. At this point, honestly, the Magic know what that is. The bottom line is these last two games have proven that Orlando can compete with these teams. At the end of the day, the Magic can look really at mistakes that they make and mistakes that they know they're making and mistakes they know they can correct as to why they're losing. No one's expecting this team to be an offensive juggernaut. No one's expecting this team to go out and score 120 points every night. And their shooting's been bad, but that's not why they're losing these games. Steve Clifford had an animated post-game press conference. He took questions, which is which is a positive sign. But he had an animated post-game press conference. And at, at the end of it, he finally kind of said, you know, something that, that really needed to be said because the Magic aren't in the business of moral victories anymore. The fight is good. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 if, if guys are fighting and, and playing hard, they're doing something right. And these guys fight. 
They want to win. But he said it best. The first, you know, Pat Delaney put together, I mean, I'm paraphrasing him here. Pat Delaney put together a good game plan. And for the first quarter and a half, they did whatever they wanted. They didn't follow that game plan. But when they started to follow that game plan, when they started to play what looked like Orlando Magic basketball, and that last half of the second quarter, the third quarter, and a good chunk of the fourth, you lose close games, you can live with it. Those last two and a half quarters, that's how the Magic want to play basketball. They made passes hard. They rebounded exceptionally well after that first quarter. They moved the ball offensively, and and even if they didn't, even if they were struggling still offensively, they got back on defense. They prevented fast-break opportunities. They made the other team work hard. And then they were able to convert those, those mistakes and those missteps into baskets for themselves. That's magic basketball. That's the way this team wants to play. Yes, there are holes, there are flaws. They need more shooting. They need so many things to to ultimately get to the level that the Lakers are going to be playing at this year. No one's denying that. No one's hiding from it. I I know what Sunday is. I know what December 15th is. And yes, there's a lot to discuss there. But at the same time, this team has enough on a nightly basis to compete and to win with anyone. Clifford closed his press conference essentially saying, we aren't good enough, regardless of who's out, regardless if Vucevic, is, Vucevic and Fultz are playing, we aren't good enough to just show up and win. If we're going to go off and do our own thing, if we're going to attack the offensive glass, Recklessly and give up fast break points. If we're not going to follow the game plan, it doesn't matter who's playing. We're not going to win. That's not how this team wins basketball. Basketball games. They don't have a LeBron James to bail them out. Even on a bad night. So the Lakers didn't play their best game tonight. The Lakers play an A game. The Magic can play an A game, and it's probably not going to be enough. This was a B-minus game for the Lakers. They, they, they were good for a quarter and a half. And then they were kind of pedestrian. The Magic don't have a bailout player. Vucevic is the closest thing. And as plenty point out, the playoffs show just how, you know, just how much Vucevic can really bail you out. Again, I, I'm, I'm convinced we'll see a different Vucevic next time we're in the playoffs. But, Clifford said, We are good enough to win these games. We are good enough to compete with these teams. We are good enough if we play the right way. Again, I'm paraphrasing. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll probably post the full link if you go to orlandomagicdaily.com. You can probably find the full press conference on the Orlando Magic's Twitter page at Orlando Magic as well as at Fox Sports Magic. I, 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 I think that 
you know, Clifford's statement after the game is the exact one you want to hear from the coach. He's not accepting a moral victory. Like, you know, the Magic put out the stat that that you know the Bucks this this back this these consecutive games between with the Bucks and the Lakers is the highest win percentage the Magic have faced in back to back games since the Spurs and the Celtics in 2010. The Magic won both those games. They had Dwight Howard. They were they were championship contenders themselves. They could handle a, a stretch like that. And winning was the expectation. Well, guess what? Winning is the expectation again. And this Magic team has to find a way to play 48 minutes against quality defenses, against quality opponents. And frankly, they haven't done that. It feels like every game there's one quarter where, you know, the boat starts leaking. Where the defense doesn't play effectively enough. Where the offense just can't score. And at a certain point, that has to stop. We're past the quarter mark of the season. Teams are starting to be who they are. That has to stop. Magic have to find a way to compete, be in the game, and be who they are for 48 minutes. And they're still searching for that. It, it was telling to me that Clifford what you know took this very you know without saying it hard line no moral victories approach no one no one is accepting a moral victory here I, I see it kind of in the way fan, some fans panic about this team or, or panic about where this team is going and I would you know I'm I'm I try to be the, re, the voice of calm like I, I am confident in this team still I do believe that this team is better than last year's team and frankly the poise that they've shown during this injury during these last ten games to me, is proof that they will be fine. They will figure it out. But it is truly all on them to figure it out. They have the tools. They have the ability. There's going to be some hardship. There's going to be some adversity. And they they found, they found keep finding ways to fight through it. They just aren't getting across the finish line. And all those things are nice and good qualities to have and I think it will serve this team well, but none of it matters without the victories to follow. Orlando needs to win these games. Orlando needs that 48-minute effort. And it's going to take everyone doing their part. It's going to take everyone putting their individual interests on the back burner to get to that goal. There's still time. They're game up on Detroit for eighth. We are we are paying attention to these things. They're getting Vucevic back soon. They'll have Fultz back soon. And honestly, when that happens and they start rolling again, I have every confidence that we will look back and say, yeah, this team is better than last year's team. Regardless of where they finish seating-wise, regardless of what their ultimate record might be. I do think that the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. But it's frustrating knowing what the picture on the box looks like and seeing it take a long time to develop. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for us today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rostenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.